Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark movies from our two different points of view, mine being the hopeless romantic. And mine being the cynical cinephile. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Hamilton. And today we are talking about hearts in the game. Mm -hmm. We're almost to the end of our spring into love movies. So this is a spring fling. This is... (laughs) This is a spring fling, nice, nice. ring-a-ling, as you like to call them. Mm-hmm. Did this movie make you feel spring vibes? It did. I mean, it was baseball, right? Yeah. I mean, baseball season, so it actually seemed like it was... Appropriate. Fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It seemed to fit perfectly, pitch perfect oh, into this this. I lineup. see what you did there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even though it, it fit so, so well, Stephanie. Yes, Hamilton. What did you think about Hearts in the Game? Is this one that you would love to watch again, maybe on some spring afternoon when baseball is not on? (laughs) Is this one that maybe you'd want to background watch while you are oiling up your your glove for baseball? Oh. Yep. Because you know that I do that. I know. You're great. You're great at the baseball. Or is this one that you would never, ever want to watch again? You'd rather just go to a baseball game here in Charlotte. Well, I would love to go to a baseball game here in Charlotte, but not because I don't want to watch this movie again, mm. uh, because because I don't want baseball on in the background or anything. I don't want any distractions <laughs> because I want to watch this movie again, fully immerse myself. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Wow. wow. I Yeah, I really, really liked it. Okay. There, there... I might say I loved it. Like I, I just, I genuinely, I just really enjoyed it. Man, did, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Almost like a like a, a nasty curveball. We got them all, guys. There's going to be happening a lot this, this podcast. <laughs> um, what about you? From your reactions to my feelings, I'm a little worried about about your rating. I need, I need to watch this one again. Because I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Mm. Because there's a lot in here that that I enjoyed. Uh, there's a few things that I didn't, and I just I need to watch again to really kind of, kind of figure it out. Um, so are we are we getting a cliffhanger? Are we not? <laughs> no, you are. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but you are. It's just one of those movies where I, I need to watch again. Um, so you would watch it again to figure out if I liked it. I would I would watch it again to figure out if I will watch it again in the future. <laughs> If that makes sense. Because, I mean, there there are a lot of good things here, um, but there's just things that had me raise my eyebrow a little bit. Um, and so I need to I need to go on a journey with this movie and really find out my true feelings for it. Wow. Yeah. I think that's a first here on It's Technically Romance where we don't get an answer. You talk about my fence building. This I mean, is beyond. I built a wall. I built a wall. You d- a giant wall. Can't even climb over. I can't see you over there. It's just one of those. I, 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 maybe we can talk about it. Well, obviously, well, we I are going to so. talk about it, and we can kind of figure out why, because it's, it's eating me up inside a little bit, a little mm. bit, not being able to pick. So let's uh, let's let's hop right in. Uh, let's hop or slide. Ooh. Right in. Man, people are going to get so, <laughs> so bothered by this. <laughs> um, I will give a quick plot summary Please do. for Hearts in the Game. Hazel is a publicist who lands an, an unexpected client. 
her high school ex, Diego, mm. who is now a famous baseball player. Mm-hmm. Diego needs some good PR, and Hazel could use a big-name client on her roster. Working together brings back old memories mm. and feelings, both realizing what they'll need to let go to keep their hearts in the game. Wow. That is that is grade A right there. That is... <laughs> I feel like I read that off the... I'm, at, I'm in Blockbuster on a Friday night picking up a, a Hallmark VHS, and that's what I read on the back. That's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, we... I think that's a great summary. We have our, our two main leads here. Yes, we have Aaron Cahill, who plays Hazel. Mm-hmm. Love the name Hazel. It's a good name. Yeah, it's a really good name. We love Aaron as well. She is a Hallmark... She's a Hallmark MVP. Oh, yeah. Do they have MVPs in baseball? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't play baseball. I don't know. <laughs> she, yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and I really liked her in this movie. I thought it was like a different type of role for her. She's a little bit more closed off. Usually, I mean, well, her characters can sometimes be closed off and then she has to open up. But this one, she felt a little more like, I don't know. In charge? Well, in charge, but kind of like. I don't want to say a villain. She wasn't like a villain, but she wasn't, she was maybe a little colder than mm. I've seen her before in movies. Like, um, yeah, she only cares about one thing and that's work. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, so yeah, it was kind of fun to see her play this, play this role. And then we have Marco Grassini mm. who plays Diego and, he was fantastic yeah, I loved him. in this movie too. This is probably my favorite Hallmark movie of his. We had seen him in right in front of me, which I like to call the tiny spoon movie or is it the tiny fork? Oh, the that tiny one. fork movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, where he was the chef. And that I, that movie was pretty good uh, and I oh, liked yeah. him in there. He's also in Virgin River. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed his character in this movie. We always talk about depth, mm. <laughs> talk about depth uh, in this one. And I really liked Hazel and Diego together. I thought Aaron and Marco had really great chemistry. Yeah, no, I think the chemistry, the chemistry is there for sure. And yeah, he was great. She was great. Um, yeah, I did. I did like her character in this one. I'm, I'm trying to think. I still think my favorite of hers might be the back in time 1800s one because uh, it's just so goofy and I love it but no she did she did awesome in this too yeah Sleigh Bells Ring is like a classic that I think I must watch like at least five times every Christmas because <laughs> it plays all the time and I you know it springs joy for me every yeah. time I see it on the TV I can't look away and then I keep watching mm. um, so that's probably my favorite of this hers, one but. I mean this one felt almost not like a Hallmark movie it was it was very yeah. strange they 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 went off into some uncharted, uncharted waters. They, you know, um, it felt more of kind of like, like a rom com that I would watch like on the big screen yeah. or something. You know, I really do feel like they kind of like pushed themselves in this one, and mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, let's let's find out how they push themselves. <laughs> um, we don't. I mean, we have our our classic meet cute. You know, it's a Ryu meet cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, I mean, how did you feel about this? This was, this was kind of a fun one for me. It was fun. Uh, we haven't had a Ryu meet cute, I feel like, in a while. Yeah. And this was 
definitely a fun one. I was laughing. I was happy. I was giddy. Like seeing their emotions. I love the like, oh, they, they, they don't want to see each other. What's going on? How do they know each other? What's happening? I love all of that. Um, also funny that I was talking about, uh, the character in the professional bridesmaid who I was like, you know, she's not, she's not tree pain or she's not Olivia Pope. Like, well, that's who this character is. Hazel is tree pain. She's like the top PR publicist, getting things done, making things happen, making, making sure that her clients look good. Um, and for those that don't know, tree pain is Taylor Swift's publicist. Again, uh, it goes right over my head. Every so time. it was just funny to me that I was talking about that in another episode. And then they actually made a character who basically is that. So, um, I liked that. That was fun. Um, also shout out, I just, right out of the gate costuming. Like she comes out in the, the pink, Yeah. you know, she's, is a cape. She's wearing like a cape or she just has her blazer over. Her. I mean, it, it, it might as well have been. A cape. <laughs> it felt it might, like she a might cape. as well have been just like, like that's floating how I felt about through this. the crowds. <laughs> that's how I felt about this character. I felt like she was wearing like a cape and she was just like, I am here to take care of business. Well, it's fun. Uh, you know, for how they set this up, because we have this sort of ridiculous uh, <laughs> intro with her and her assistant, Jax, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite characters. And they they really um, made sure we like Jax. And uh, uh, yes, shout out to Danya Cash. Just a, a treasure. Yeah. I would love to see more of them. Yeah. So, you know. We have this this intro with her, with Hazel and Jax, and the and I wasn't sure if I was gonna like this because the crying client was a little ridiculous and the phone thing, and I was like, man, this is this is not gonna go well for me. But they did all that so that when we see the Ryu meet cute, she is phased, and we already know. I mean, this is great characterization because we already know that she doesn't get phased. Right. So from that ridiculous beginning to her meeting Diego again. It was really clever. And so I, th I think that worked for me. So the ridiculous beginning, meeting uh, Diego again seemed to work for me. And I, I did enjoy this sort of reunion meet cute. Yes, it felt. And it was funny because you find out they knew each other in high school. And so it felt very high school, too. It was cool how they played it, that scene. It felt very high school. Yeah. She's talking to Jax. He's talking oh, you're right. to his yeah. manager. Yeah. And they're both like talking about each other. Like, I don't know. What should I do? Like, you know, it just felt very high school to me. That's a great that's a great call. Yeah, it did feel very, very high school. Yeah. And I love, you know, that she decides to like say up for, she's like, this is for my career. Like, I love that she puts it up front. Mm -hmm. Like this is, you know, I'm doing this for my career. Um, cause a lot of times, you know, that ends up being oh, foreshadowing the conflict, right. uh, which we will talk about. Um, but she's like saying like, no, this isn't going to be a surprise of like, I'm doing this, you know, ulterior motives or whatever. It's like, yes, this is what I'm doing It's for my career. And that's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, she does tell him that right away. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, I mean, that, that made a lot of sense to me. And I mean, I keep going back to that, that comment you made about her being a villain. And I think, I think you, I think you're right. I think <laughs> she's not, she had, I don't want to say villain-esque qualities because she's just like a boss. And I feel like women get badly, that's, that's you fair. know what I mean? Because, um, and I saw something recently in an interview uh, that some uh, woman was saying she was like oh she's a boss and 
they were like, oh, well, what's the difference between a boss and being bossy? And she's like being a woman. Mm. So I feel like when mm. you see women in like high powers, you want to like go there of like, oh, like I'm not used to this. And for me, I don't think it's because she's a woman. I think it's because she's Aaron Cahill. And I've never seen her like in this light in her characters, like because she's always so sweet and right. warm and fuzzy. Um, so well, this was like a, a very new role for her but i i loved it and she owned it i don't think it's it's her being a boss i think it's her being a bad person and a bad friend <laughs> which we're going to talk about i to me she seems like the type of character you know i don't know if you guys have seen mean girls a wonderful movie she seems she seems more like a regina to me and so especially when we get to know a little bit more of her history and what happened in high school outside of high school like I think she does have those Regina vibes, and I think you're right. I think there's some villain s qualities here. I take it all back. Nope. I don't. She is not a Regina George. You've got and me we on go this. on to see the heart that isn't her. She has this need to be perfect, and so I feel like that's what you know she has lived with. She's trying to you know, do everything perfect. She's trying to like make sure, get all her ducks in a row, get the life that she wants, and sort of like, you know she has to things have to go to the wayside and it doesn't I guess. matter who she steps on to get that life no you're right well that, she that was seems... young and she is grown up and she she learns a lot in this movie she has a wonderful arc okay all right uh so anyways uh we find her back home you know to help diego with his story so they go back home and she is now back in with her her parents um which i've never understood this i don't I mean, I've been to your parents' home. Well, they don't still live in the house that you grew up in, but I've never understood, like, in, and it's all in all of the thank movies. Thank you. I know what you're going to say, and thank you for bringing this up. That they come home and their childhood bedrooms have not been touched. It's a little creepy. It's a little. It's a little creepy. Um, it looks like like 1999 in there. Like it just. Every, it's every movie and maybe they've added like a few boxes or like a sewing machine to make it like oh we've you know this is my sewing room but no it is your still your yeah. child's bedroom exactly as they left it and is that a thing like do people do that i mean no as soon as i moved out my parents turned that bedroom <laughs> into i don't even like another den like it was it was wild and i think that happens for all of my all of my friends at least that i've spoken with still yeah, I don't um, know anyone that their childhood bedrooms are still their childhood bedrooms. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know anyone that does that. And especially in this one, for some reason, it kind of unnerved me. Uh, but, I mean, here we get to see more of Jax. We can see now that Jax is more than just an assistant. Um, yeah, really, really lovely stuff here. So let's go ahead and talk a little technical, if I may. This is kind of where I started getting a little a little on the fence. This is the, the foundation of my of my wall that I that I built here with this mm. movie, um, we've had some odd camera choices. And the way I like to describe this, guys, if you notice the camera when you're watching a film, something something's off. And I noticed the camera a lot in this in this film. What what about you? I didn't. I um, yeah. You might need to give me some examples, and I okay. might be like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, and right around this time, we have some kind of odd framing of the characters. Um, it seems like they're going for a wide lens, but they bring that wide lens pretty close to like her family, her mom and dad. Um, just some weird framing that I've seen on some of the characters here when they go for some close-ups. Hmm. That nothing like that stood out to you? No, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. How, how about this? What about in the diner? When they go to the diner mm -hmm. the first time, there's an over-the-shoulder shot, but it's almost dutched. 
a little bit. Did you, did you notice that? No. <laughs> Man. I did notice that I, which I don't think you do like the lighting, because I think this may be considered high key. It's high but key. I <laughs> loved the lighting in the diner when they first like have their sit down and they're talking. Oh, uh, I thought that scene, well, I love the scene first of all, but right. I thought the lighting, like the colors were so vibrant and they popped and like, you know, I just, I don't know. I really liked, I liked the diner scenes. Yeah. I mean, the diner scenes were pretty good. They had fun with like the red neon there. They played around with that on their face a lot. Um, so I actually thought the diner scene was, was lit pretty well. Um, but you know, it's not my favorite style, but they did a nice job with it. And anytime that you have some neon lighting on a character, you get to have fun. So I actually did enjoy that one. Oh, okay. Um, but no, yeah, there's some weird camera movements. And I think some of this with editing too, just some weird, almost like jump cuts. It just, it felt a little, a little weird to me when I was, when I was watching this. Hmm. Especially in the beginning. I, I, but maybe that's just me. You know, I'm, I'm here to watch that kind of thing. Uh, so if I'm the only one that noticed those sort of odd kind of frame ups on the characters, then that's uh that's it you never know someone else may have noticed it i did not because i was too enthralled in the hazel and diego saga of of this reunion and so if i may talk a little uh romance Mm -hmm. these two my goodness so we are always saying we want these characters have characters to have depth i want to feel like oh my gosh, I want to know their backstory, you know, and all of this. And so I love that we get to dive deep into these two and especially Diego's character. This is one of my favorite to me storylines around a character. I feel like they did this so well, you know, so we have this, this thing that he freezes up on the mound. We don't know why. So it's like this mystery. Um, and we start getting glimpses of who he is and like maybe what is going on with him. When we're at the diner scene, she brings up his mom. And then he, what appears to be, starts having a panic attack. And so he runs out, like this scene, oh my gosh, he runs out of the diner and she goes after him. And I feel like this was done so perfectly that we see the closeness that they used to have. They haven't seen each other in so long, yet they're like right back there. He's like having this panic attack. She starts, she puts her hands on his chest yeah. Yeah. and she's like trying to calm him down. And Jean she's like, it's okay. It's just you, you know, you and me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like you feel all those years of, you know, not being together of all the, the time that they were together. Like to me, just in that moment, I felt all of that. Um, and he leaves and I'm just like, whoa, like we say that we want depth and I feel like they definitely gave it to us. Yeah, that scene was was absolutely incredible. Like it felt, I don't know, just beautifully acted, beautifully directed as well. Yeah, shout out to Stacey and Harding who directed this movie and that, I mean, yeah, that just goes to show what great direction she gave and also, yeah, acting for Aaron and Marco, like this scene and there's others as well. But um, this scene was the first one that you kind of get that full feeling of like both of their characters and what they felt for each other and what, you know, he could possibly be going through. Yeah, I mean, their walls both came down during the scene. Just really, really cool to see. Um, I mean, it was very, (laughs) I say cool to see. It was a very intense scene. Yeah. Um, But no, it it is great when these two actors are able to just connect and their characters feel alive. And the history, you immediately feel that history. So that was really well done. Yeah, and I love seeing this journey for Diego of him struggling with, 
his emotions and his feelings of, you know, dealing with his mom passing. And so there is like this, like the whole theme of grief and like getting, you know, through this. And then, you know, also her whole thing of like perfectionism and everything. And so I thought they, they did these so well of tackling each storyline for them individually. And it felt to me, it felt very authentic, like especially with him and in that scene, um, but throughout it. And I love that they're addressing this topic of, you know, him having the panic attacks and him dealing with things like this because, um, yeah, it's very real and relatable. And yeah, I just, I thought they did a beautiful job. Yeah, and I, I think it, it almost became, there was a few moments here for me where it became a little bit heavy-handed, I think, with that. But I think overall, uh, I love seeing the sort of representation of, of mental illness and mental uh, health awareness and seeing him struggle as you know a top athlete with that and the vulnerability, too. I mean, he even mentions it, mentions it about how it's okay for him to feel this, for him to be vulnerable and to have this, this issue that he's dealing with where before he felt ashamed and he had to hide it because of his masculinity. And so they, they touch on all that. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I think that it was just absolutely be- beautifully done. A few moments, just slightly heavy handed, but overall, I love to see this. And I want to see more because it, it adds depth. It adds realness to these characters. Well, I disagree with the heavy handedness. I thought the hand was just perfectly <laughs> so. Perfectly, perfectly placed. Well, what was kind of crazy? Like, we need to talk about this because it's, it's the one thing that just bothers me so much in this film and it's Hazel's relationship with her best friend. I'm using air quotes here, best friend. This this plot <laughs> makes no sense to me and makes me so, so angry. And and, and deep in my body, it, it just it just wrecks me because it just makes no sense. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I have a different relationship with my friends, but here's the thing. If I didn't, and I haven't gone to some friends' weddings and they've been upset with me. So I actually have a great example. So. I didn't go to a friend's wedding a few years back. Uh, I was dealing with some anxiety. I didn't like to travel, so I I just didn't go. Um, and I could tell he was upset, and we eventually came to terms with that. But, I mean, there was a bit of a rift in our relationship because of that. Even because of that rift, even because of that rift, I still knew that he had kids. I still, you know, followed him on, on social media. We still chatted every once in a while. And I, it doesn't make sense for me, as Hazel... As a social media, you know, guru, basically, to not know about her ex-friend's life at all. Like, she's like, oh, you have a kid. Like, yes, she does. You should know this. Like, I I couldn't get around this. Well, okay. So that part did seem a little unbelievable that she wouldn't have ever looked her up online, you know? It's just crazy. Like, she knew about Diego. Like, she was following him. But the only thing is, maybe her friend wasn't online. That was the only thing I could think of was, like, she you know, became a mom. She's a teacher. There are some people who do not do social media. So maybe she was not online and Hazel didn't want to go digging because it was too painful. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of, of why she wouldn't have known anything about what happened with her life. Yeah. It was just, it was just so odd to me. And maybe, maybe she's not online, but you know, I guarantee you her husband is, 
He's the type of guy that is going to be online. I guarantee Shout out you. Jason McKinnon, uh, who we love. Yeah. I was so happy to see him uh, starring in this movie as Carly's husband. And He always has the best roles to play, too. He yeah. Has such, he has such a good time with him. <laughs> he just brings that levity, you know, in the scene. And, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, for the longest time, we were like, what's the deal with her and her best friend? What happened? What could have been so awful? And, yeah, it is pretty bad that she went to Paris to work instead of going to her, as you say, quote, best friend's wedding. And what's even crazier to me is that she had to have been in the wedding party too. So she was probably the maid of honor. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and so I, the whole thing it just befuddles me to the point of absurdity. It's just, I, I don't get it because she knew this wedding was coming up. She's the maid of honor. Like you, you take the, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, well, it must've been a job that was like super big for her career and it was in Paris and she couldn't pass up on it, you know? So she had to, it was like her one shot. And to then take. we circle back to her villain arc <laughs> right there. To me, this is the main reason why I think you hit the nail on the head that she is a villain. I wish I had never said That's it because so you were now painting her. I hope Aaron doesn't listen to this podcast. I am not saying that you were a villain in this, in this movie, but I mean, I just, I don't know. Leaving your, your best friend's wedding for, for work. It just, I don't know. It 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 is tough. And they show she has made some really selfish choices, selfish choices, but that was what she thought was best for her at the time. And I'm sure it was very hard for her. And even though, it pains you so much. We do get a beautiful makeup between the two. And I thought these two, you know, acted this wonderfully. Um, I, the whole arc of them is the, of the awkwardness of first meeting and then to, you know, her getting invited to the party. Like, I just thought it was so well done. And I love that they have their moment where they're like sitting on the counter and they just apologize. Yeah, and nice. she's like, you know what? It, you know, time's moved on you did what you had to do and they're like, I miss you. Mm-hmm. And to me that shows that they really were best friends. So even though they had all this time that they weren't speaking and you know, they can come back to each other, like, you know, nothing has happened. And I, I just, I thought it was a really emotional moment. It had me like tearing up and I thought it was really well done. It, it didn't have me tearing up cause I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I just like, you haven't spoken to this person for what, 10 years maybe. And, and you're just back back like everything's fine like it just it was it was kind of wild to me like I thought maybe the friend was like luring her into a false confidence and then she was gonna backstab her or something I I don't know (laughs) it I I couldn't get around this and this this held me up for a lot of the film which is why I want to go back and kind of see this and maybe try to understand it a little bit more because it just it didn't click for me um but you know what did click for me and what I haven't actually fully talked about because I said I was going there and then we started talking about more drama mm-hmm. cuz there was a lot of drama in this movie but romance let's hear it for the romance in this movie I absolutely loved the romance in this movie there were so many little subtle things of like her going to shake his hand he goes in for a hug and she just i, like, I wrote that down i wrote that she down. just like yeah. melts in his arms yeah. it's just like the weight of like all those years just like melts off of her just amazing and then we have to talk about the party so well wait, before the party can we talk about the baseball mound because that happens before the party <laughs> can we talk about the baseball mound because that's really well, really where the romance starts to happen okay 
Okay, because we have some great backlighting here, guys. Like oh this my is gosh. this is where it's at. I mean, this is a beautiful shot, rimmed out in this wonderful sunlight right behind him when he's throwing it. Uh, we have almost like God rays lens flare coming down. It it is so well shot. This scene in particular, like I was salivating, like absolutely gorgeous. <sighs> and yeah, there's some romance here. Like they're touching hands with the fastball, whatever. The the backlighting here, guys. This is what it's all about. This scene in particular. Now we can talk about the party. Wow. I I <laughs> guess I'm going to try to talk about romance at some point. See what I did? See what I did? Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. The party. Yeah, the kegger. So, the 30-year-old 30, 30 kegger. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Obviously, there are still, you know, you, I'm sure you still know people from high school that are still do, having parties like that. I mean, I, if I had my friends from high school around me, I'd be having <laughs> parties like that every weekend. I get it. <laughs> I don't think it was a kegger. It was just like a nice, like, backyard, like, fire pit. Jason had one heck of a hangover, so something happened. Like, that line where he's like, I can't, what do you say, like, I can't have fun anymore, something like that. Like, he, they went at it. They win in it. But anyways, back to the romance. I swear, he's just like throwing these curveballs left and right, <laughs> trying to avoid me getting to any of the good stuff. So they're all gathered around and talking, and someone brings up Diego's mom's house that he mm. hasn't gotten the you know the he hasn't gotten around to selling it. It's just too hard for him. And this guy's like bringing it up, and you can tell you know he's getting and. Oh my God. Hazel immediately just like grabs his hand mm. like this scene, just the, the closeness, the intimacy, just the like knowing of what needs to be done to put him at ease and yeah. the way that they just continue to hold hands. She grabs <laughs> it, but then they're just holding hands. That's and what you do. That's what you do at parties. Just hold hands. Yeah. And it just felt, again, it felt, I love that they're bringing back the whole like high school field. Like they're just like holding hands around, you know, but they're talking, it's more mature themes right now that he's dealing with his mom's grief and that's, you know, she's there to support him and to be there for him. We've got some Ace of Bass playing in a Hallmark movie. I love this Who song. Knew? This is our song. <laughs> I feel like they couldn't say the actual name of the song for some reason. Like they were just kind of hitting around. No, it. they probably couldn't. I'm surprised they could play it, but <laughs> we just get um, a little, little taste of it before they had to pay copyright. Uh, but yeah, I loved all of the, the nostalgia. Um, and then we get a, let's get out of here. Do you want to get out of here? And that like, look. Whoa. That look, I was like, is this happening? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, that look that she gave as they were leaving was then, was absurd. Like, I, I was like, my goodness, this doesn't feel like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> you don't oh, say that. It doesn't Hallmark feel movie. like a Hallmark movie where, where I'm going. So then cut to, they're just like on the swing of his, of his mom's house holding hands. Like, what, did I miss something? Like, yeah, I get she grabbed his hand at the party, but then they're just like sitting on the swing, like two little high school sweethearts holding yeah. hands, like talking. And I'm like, is this not the cutest, most wholesome thing you've ever seen? And it was adorable yeah. and I was here for it. But then we're back <laughs> in the house and they're talking this. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even where, where we're take, going. Take here. a breath. Take a breath. So... You know, he finally opens up to her about why he froze. And, he, you know, he had a panic attack because it was like the anniversary of his mom's death and he was thinking about her. It's awful, you know, tragic. And then he apologizes for leaving her at the prom and all of this. She, I, I love kisses like this mm -hmm. where there's like a – it's like an urgency. And we've seen it a few times in Hallmark movies – 
But I love this that, you know, she realizes like, oh, you weren't blowing me off. You had a legitimate reason. You've been dealing with all of this. I need to come to you now. Right. And so the urgency of this, her coming at him um, and the kiss. Now, you might think that I would rate this the top tier of kisses. Right. But this scene had a lot of uh sadness mixed in with it. You're not giving this a blazing inferno? I'm not. It's getting capital letter sparks. But only because I'm just reeling off of him saying like, oh his mom died. He needs some kisses. Blazing inferno. I know. Talking about what's more romantic than dealing with your grief is not not hot and heavy, you know? So that (laughs) I get why she went and kissed him is because it she had been wanting to do that for so long and knowing that it wasn't intentional, you know, all of this. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I got that and it was amazing and I loved it. But it wasn't Blazing Inferno because I don't think it was there yet. Like they were, a lot of it was sort of like, I feel like there was still some like grieving in, even in the kiss of like all the years that they didn't have together and all of this. Yeah. Um, it, was it-, a, it was a magical moment. Um, so it didn't quite feel Blazing Inferno because of all of that other stuff mixed in. But man, it was good. It's a grief kiss. It was. <laughs> It was there was classic, a lot of feelings grief kiss. in that kiss. Um so it wasn't just strictly, you know, passion. Sure. Um but yeah, I couldn't I was like, "Whoa, here we go again. A before end kiss. This is amazing. I'm so just amazed at Hallmark for for adding more of these in the movies." Yeah, they almost don't feel as as special anymore they they they, they just happen now they feel more well more i still wasn't expecting and, it it still felt special to me no I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying in general uh we, we seem to be getting more of these which is awesome um yeah and then something we don't get a lot of though if ever is is the next morning yeah this this was uh this was interesting i, I wasn't expecting this at all they're on the couch it was very pg I know, but they, they woke up together. It was very together. G. I mean, they were just on the couch, but yeah, they they slept together. But I mean, have her we ever seen? Have we ever seen a kiss end with them waking up next to each other I next don't, morning? I don't believe so. I mean that that's some big strides. Um, and this is this part. I mean, that's really great to see, and I'm glad they're pushing forward with that. The thing that bothers me though is her, you know, cleaning up his mom's room. That didn't feel right to me. I, I felt like he was going to be upset about it. He wasn't, thankfully. Um, but he really needed to be a part of that process to, to move on. And she just did it for him. And I I don't know. That didn't that didn't sit right with me. And that's another one of the things that's kind of holding me back on this film, too. Mm. You know, I struggled with that scene as well because I saw her doing it. And I thought, oh, no, this oh, is going to be yeah. the conflict. Yep. He's going to be so upset. She thinks that she's doing a nice thing for him. And he's going to be very upset because he needed to do it. And that's not what they did. He was very thankful and appreciative. And he was like, this is the greatest thing. I can't believe you did this. Um, I personally, I don't, I don't know. Some people, maybe that is what he needed, obviously, for that character. But I would have, I did feel how you felt. It felt, it didn't feel right to me. 
it didn't feel right to me that she was the one packing up all of his mother's things. Like that was something that I feel like he needed to go through himself. Yeah. Um, or at least be a part of it. Like she needed yeah, to be there to hold his hand, something, get him through it. But he needed to be a part of that for that, that sort of therapeutic resolution. Yeah. And maybe it was because, you know, she knew he wasn't ready and he still has all of the things he can go through them later. Um, but it was something that needed to be done. So I think that's why, cause he was like, I need to do this. I just can't. So she did it for him. And it was a really sweet gesture and a wonderful moment for them. But I did kind of feel how you felt of like, oh no, this, this isn't good, but that is not what the conflict yeah. was. No, I mean, so, well, so I'm glad, I'm glad you felt the same way. Cause it was just, it seemed off to me. Yeah. It did not ruin the movie for me in any way, no, but no. it just kind of threw me off. Cause I thought that would be the conflict, but boy, oh boy. I, I thought maybe for a second, well, maybe we're not going to get conflict and they're going to they're going to do right by me with this movie. And that's why I was kind of hesitant to say I loved it, because the conflict that we do have. Oh, oh, boy. You don't like it? I'm, I'm kind of curious about this. Let's, let's let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. I I don't like the conflict because I. I really. I get where they were doing because this is what I thought was going to happen at the beginning. That I was like, oh, you know, there's not going to be any conflict with this because she said, this is this is what I'm doing. This is for right. my job. This is for my career. There's no misconstruing like what this is about. And yes, they, you know, slept on the couch together and had the kiss and everything. But she still was doing this for her career. She said that, like, this is going to be really good for my career as well as helping him. What really bothered me was that they just went through all of this. They're like back to good. And she literally tells him, I'm not telling her, you know, yeah. she goes to the reporter and is like, I can't give you what you want. He's like, what's going on? Oh, well, there's no story without you saying why you froze. And then he's like, what? You were going to tell her? And she's like, literally just said, no, no, I was not going to tell her. It was very weird that he said, but did you tell her you were going right. to tell her? Well, like how, why would he even think that? Why would he know to say that? Because it, it felt be that just felt kind of contrived to me in, in the script. Because it, it, it fixed the part where she says it's all business because then where it doesn't become just business. And then she goes back and says, I can still get you the story. That's what he was concerned about. But how did he even think I, to I don't know. know that that's what she said? I don't know, but that's, but I think that's where his mind was. It's like, okay, you said it was all business, but then when we started connecting and then you went back, to, like he needed to know that. And I actually liked that they did that because it made it for me. And it's interesting because you, you feel like this isn't a good conflict. conflict. I think it worked for me. What happened afterwards is ridiculous and I hate it, but... <laughs> in the diner with that conversation and the pain he feels. And when he says after, oh, I forget what exactly what he says, but after basically after we connected, did you go back to her and say, you can still get the story. And that to me was very powerful and, and made sense. If we don't have that, this conflict doesn't make sense because he, she he says in the beginning, it's business. Yeah. I, it still was hard for me. It felt kind of forced. Like, I don't know that scene. I was like, no, why are they doing this? Yeah. I'm glad that you, got it and I actually liked felt it. it was good but I I didn't care for it because it didn't it to me it didn't make sense but well, he's so he's so he's so vulnerable right now this is the first time he's been open uh, and vulnerable about the grief that he's had with his mother to her and so I think he's looking for an excuse 
you know, looking for signs and he takes this and runs with it. And, and yeah. I hate the way they handled this, this next part though. This next part makes zero sense to me, but in the diner, I'm good with it. Surprisingly. Yeah. I just didn't like how he, it's like, she just told you, no, I'm not telling her. Like to me, that's all that matters. She didn't tell your story. So the fact that he wants to know what happened before to me is doesn't it's moot. Like she's not telling your story, whatever she felt before it was whatever she said, it doesn't matter because the end result is she's doing right by you. Yeah, and but she still, I've, but she still went back for the story. Even after they connected, she still was going for that story. But I mean, what's, oh man, I hate it. So in a world that we live in today where everyone is so connected through various means of communication, the fact that people don't pick up their phone, don't answer text messages, WhatsApp, uh, Instagram DMs, give me something. I, I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Diego's not picking it. It doesn't make any sense because he's already given the story. You know, he re realizes that she didn't give it up. And so why then are you not answering her? Like it just, what did I miss? I, and that's why, again, I need to go back and watch this. Like I felt like I missed something for this conflict to make sense at the end. I don't remember him not answering the phone. I know the reporter comes and he gives the story and then she reads it. Jax reads it to her. But there's a whole the time period between that story, him giving the story and the story coming out where she was texting him. She was even on the swing at her parents' place. She was texting him. No answers. Like, why doesn't Diego, after the story, reach out to her? That's what doesn't make sense to me. That's why I need to go back and dig deep and really look at this film from all angles. Well, he has that talk with... Uh, with his uncle, Carlos, which I think sort of, uh, you know, oh, that's when he realizes she killed the story. I think he thought at that point she was still going to go through with it. Right. And that that's what I still didn't understand was like, no, she literally told you she wasn't going through with it. So for when he's like, oh, they killed the story, then he's like all excited. Well, I mean, he, it's he like you knew thought. that. You no, knew she wasn't going to. Because he thought she still would well. because she only cares about her job. And that's what we've established throughout this whole film. She only cares about her job. And so he thought that she still would. But yeah. that, that's fine. That conversation with, with his uncle, fine. After that, after the, the story, why doesn't he call her? That's what I want to know. Well, he calls the reporter and then tells his story. After I think that he gives, he's trying to do a big gesture. After he gives the story to the reporter, why doesn't he call her? I don't know. I mean, that's a few I guess weeks. he assumes she's upset and he's gonna, she's going to read it in the, the article. I, but it doesn't make sense because she was texting him before. Like, it just, I, I can't, and I know it seems like a small thing. It does because I don't even remember that. But like, it just, it <laughs> bothers me. It really bothers me for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because you, the time when you give an interview to when an, an actual magazine comes out, weeks, right? So this is weeks of, of not communicating. And she's a mess, obviously. I mean... Chinese food boxes around her. Apparently she smells bad. Like that scene was, was kind of ridiculous. I mean, no, she's grieving now. She thinks she lost him. She got him back and then she thinks she lost him again. Yeah. Um, and lost her job. Too. She's learning all sorts of things about herself. She's really realizing that she was the bad guy. And there you she, go. Yep. she decides to fix it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. She has the arc of, you know, navigating that because yep, this is what she's nice known arc. most of her life is like career. And so now she has to like, actually make the space in her heart right for the people that she loves and she is learning to do that and so i thought it was a great scene where she's you know in her smelly pjs and you know 
the friends come to save her. She reads the article and everything is wonderful. Um, this end scene. I mean, when I realized that they were going to get to go to prom together. <laughs> I mean, did that not pull at your heartstrings? A little bit. A little bit. It was super cute. I was super still, sweet. I was still confused by the, the, the conflict. I was still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I had my whiteboard out and trying to be like, all right, he gave the article on October 13th. Oh my God. And then. <laughs> oh. Um, no, it was, it was a cute scene. It was done a while. Then we get a flash forward. Was it nine? Was it nine months? Was it a year? It was. I forget what it was. I forget too. But you it, know, he's it's been a minute. He's back to doing the baseball thing and throws just another <laughs> no hitter as if it's the easiest thing in the world. To and do. is she like? I don't know if she was just like there for the press conference, or is they, were they alluding to her still being his publicist? No, he, he, she is because. But uh, isn't that his, like a conflict of interest? No, no, because like, his agent says you're about to be super busy. Because she is his publicist. It's not a conflict of interest. It's her business. I thought he meant you're going to get so much more business because of what you did for Diego. Well, that too. But, but uh, she's, yeah. Um, she yeah, she's promoting her, uh, Carly, her best friend. Oh, man. Uh, she wrote a book and like <laughs> she's helping her live her dreams, um, which I thought was cute. I mean, she, her friend, Carly, just brought it to her in that diner when, when she was leaving. Like <laughs> oh. she has some line there. It's like big city hotshot with a sleek wardrobe. I was like, Oh man, she did have a sleek wardrobe. I didn't mention the costume designer earlier. Uh, Vladimir Markovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All of Hazel's outfits were fire. Um, I like Diego's looks as well. Uh, yeah, I thought it was costume. Great. But Sometimes I feel like the flash forwards aren't necessary, but I really enjoyed no, this, this, fun. this flash it forward. Good. It, um, good. it wrapped it up nice. They're apparently living together. Yeah. Uh, they're engaged, mm-hmm. which was a nice little, you know, thing. And they're just so cute in the kitchen, like coming home. They're both they're in the big kissing. city. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was adorable. The end kiss was sparks again. Um, so no, we didn't have any blazing infernos, but we did have really intimate, sweet, you know, moments of romance throughout this movie that were just like perfection to me and so that's why i would definitely watch this one again and that's why i will watch this one again to see if i would watch it again because (laughs) i i I still can't decide because the the few things that i mentioned just really really bother me but i think there's enough here i'm gonna be confident saying i would watch this again you know what did bother me though was this was a baseball movie and we didn't get one baseball game in it oh you're right like not even a bit of a baseball game. I mean, we had the the mound with the, that, the backlighting. And that was the, nothing. Oh, that man. was nothing. Mm. I wanted like to see her like at a game, maybe at the end. That could have been fun to show in the flash forward of like well, her. That was the other thing too, because she she mentioned earlier when she was learning the fastball, like she didn't know anything about baseball, and she's like, "Oh, what's this?" And, and that's another thing that bothered me is like, how do you not know about the sport that your high school sweetheart played? Like he was apparently great, you know, back then. You think you would come to some games and pick up something. You've been to like a few games and you still, you, you, I feel like you understand more than she did. And then we find out that she was a softball player too. So like none of that made sense to me. Well, I think she said she was acting like she didn't know what she was doing. Oh, did she? Okay, I maybe think I so. That. I think that's what they were saying. Okay. But yeah, Hazel, Hazel can kill it at anything. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, we had some interesting back and forth in this episode, which I was very shocked by some of your thoughts. Um, 
but yeah, I thought this movie was fantastic. I feel like it was way better than I even thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, so, you know, on my little Hallmark app, I started as a favorite. Ooh. So Ooh. I know. And I would love to see these two, more of these two together. I just thought they, they were really great, great together. Chemistry. Well, I, I want to hear from, from you guys. I'm, I'm curious to see what you all think uh, about this one. So please drop us some, some comments. Uh, uh, I did want to shout out the writer as well. This movie had some really great lines, and I thought it was written really well. And this is the first time a uh, writer for Hallmark, Shelby Blake Bartlestein. Great job. And yeah, great job. And one of my favorite lines was from Jax, of course. Yeah, Jax. Uh, the Incredible Jax. Uh, said, sometimes the toughest ones are the most breakable. I wrote that down too. That's, yeah, that's and I just had one. to throw that in there because I just thought that was a great line. And we had a bunch of other ones in this, but I just thought it was a really beautiful, heartfelt story, um, you know, about about keeping your hearts in the game. Yeah. No, I want to get I want to get a... Uh, <laughs> Do you see what, see what I did there? I didn't. <laughs> I was thinking about Jax. Because <laughs> I was like, you know what would be cool is if we could get like a, uh, a spinoff of Jax out in the big city, finding love. I don't Going know. to baseball games. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just love the character of Jax. I was really upset when they weren't invited to the, the kegger, the 30-year-old kegger. <laughs> no, Jax but... Jax really tore up that party. I feel like Jax, the whole thing of Jax getting close with her parents... Oh, that was great, was, too. ...was fantastic. Yeah. So I was fine with... Jax know, staying home, watching yeah. The Bachelorette with mom and dad. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for, for listening and tuning in. Yes, as always, we really appreciate all of your comments and your messages. Uh, for those that don't know, we have started a Patreon, um, which we're super excited about. Mm -hmm. uh, you can check the links on our Instagram page. We're doing really fun new episodes and exclusive content over there. Um, so check it out if you haven't. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple, we would love it if you gave us a rating or review. Those really help us out and mean a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and we will be back next week. We've got one more movie in the Spring Into Love series. So we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs>